Good morning, good morning. Good to be back with everyone again. Um, this is Eshin Brenda Shoshana with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And everyday life, such a miracle and such a koan and a mystery. We never, never know what it is going to give us, what offering the day is going to make to us. It's very interesting to view every day as an offering. It is offering us challenge sometimes, joy other times, complete happiness and delight at moments, fear the next few moments, a smorgasbord. We're getting a smorgasbord for sure of many offerings, many, many offerings. And of course, we generally want to accept some, reject others, choose the ones we think we can digest, but it doesn't really work that way in the long run. In the long run, we have to somehow <clears throat> taste everything on this smorgasbord of offerings that we receive one way or another. We have to taste them, digest them, eat them up, and even be nourished by them, nourished by perhaps difficult experiences that we don't want. But there they are anyway, and our practice here, our Zen practice, is how to chew them up, eat them up, digest life, and be nourished by everything, grow from everything that is given to us. Just came back from an incredibly beautiful wedding of my granddaughter. It was filled, filled with joy, singing, dancing, flowers, sunshine. It didn't rain. Everybody was so happy it didn't rain because it was outdoors. Everything perfect. Everybody sang everything perfect, everything perfect, because it went exactly as everyone wanted it to. That was wonderful, no question. And then the next day when we heard that someone in the wedding party had just tested positive for COVID, oh my God, that was what we wanted to hear. That didn't sound so perfect. And others were testing positive. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. But that was part, that is part of the smorgasbord as well. And the abrupt, shocking almost contrast between the two events joy and then for many distress and fear um there they were i could not help but think whoa whoa what a what a talk this just this event itself just the shocking <clears throat> up and down although everybody is doing well no worries many most everybody practically was anyway whatever it was they're dealing very well things are okay at the moment, and in all moments, no matter what, everything is okay. Everything is a gift, a smorg part of the smorgasbord, part of the teaching. And we give thanks for everything and praise for everything. Now, when we can do that, we're really at a wonderful, wonderful place in our lives. And of course, because... It's opening your arms very, very wide to life as it comes and life as it goes. And that's a great, great teaching, a great growth. And when we can do that also, we're much more aware of how we can actually help, what actions are appropriate, which are not, 
<clears throat> and we can become like a source of balance, of hope, and of healing too, much healing too. <clears throat> There's a lot of strength and healing available under all circumstances, and when we can open our arms wide and accept the whole smorgasbord, that's a wonderful, wonderful offering that we are making back to life itself. So I was going to talk today, actually, and maybe the next few podcasts about a book that I wrote a few years ago called Just Grab the Dust Rag, <laughs> Confessions of a Deluded Zen Student Who Never Learned a Thing. I love that title, and and. I haven't even looked at the book for a while, and I was looking at it the other day, and I'm thinking, wow, enjoying it myself. And I wanted to share some of it, because as we share what Zen practice is, it can seem so complicated, so difficult, so elusive, and it isn't. It really isn't. Just grab the dust rag. <laughs> so let me tell you how that title emerged. <clears throat> It emerged from my early, early, early days of Zen practice, very early days, when I would <clears throat> live near the Zendo, and I went every, oh, I guess almost every single morning. The doors opened at 5.30 or 5, and then we had chanting, sitting, a couple of sittings, very deep, beautiful morning, and then someone upstairs and had breakfast. Now, at that time, we would, the doors were really just opening. It was very new, and my teacher was there, but also there were a few monks from Japan there helping him get the place grounded and going. And I liked going so early because I had quite a few little children at home, which was just a few blocks away, so I could get up early, go, and by the time everything was over, I was home, and everybody was just waking up. It worked perfectly for me. I also went to a few of the evening sittings during the week, but I, those morning sittings were just something else in those days. Well, they were always something else, but very special. So I would wait outdoors and <clears throat> go in, and there was a, a wonderful Zen student, Hogan Michael, who was there, always came early also. We would wait outside. He had a little red hat on. He came with his bicycle. And we would go in, and there were other, some, there were other Zen students there, a handful, and these monks, a handful of them too. So we had a little group there in the morning and we would do the morning sitting, which was incredibly profound and beautiful. And then after the sitting was over, a, a group would go upstairs to the second floor to have breakfast. And Jonan, Sheila, who was a semi-resident, she didn't actually, maybe she did live there. She was there all the time. She was the secretary of the Zendo at that time. She would go upstairs earlier before the sitting was over and make oatmeal for everyone. And we would have oatmeal upstairs together, chanting oatmeal. And during the sitting, during the breakfast, of course, the sitting continued. We would sit on the cushion on the floor. There was a low table and continue. And then after the breakfast, we would go downstairs. The people who were upstairs would go downstairs and clean the Zendo, because of course it needed cleaning every single day. Every day cleaning. Polishing the floor, dusting, making sure the cushions were vacuumed. Everything in order. That's a big part of Zen practice. After we 
avail ourselves of something or use it, we take care of it then in return. Make sure it's in good order, clean, fresh. It's a way to give an offering to the cushions in return and an offering to the room and to the floor that we walked on. Nothing is just tossed mindlessly away. So unfortunately in our world, so much is disposable. We use it, we throw it in the garbage can and that's that. But that's really not the practice of Zen where everything is cared for carefully and lovingly, including our shoes, including the altar, where whatever's there, we dust it, polish it. We're saying thank you to it. And that's an incredibly important part of the practice. So, of course, the ones who were living at the Zendo at the time, the residents all went upstairs, the monks, and a few of the students were residents then as well. And they would go upstairs and have the breakfast and come down and do the cleaning, a period of cleaning. But most of the other students who came, sometimes we would go upstairs and join in for the meal and the cleaning, but mostly we left after Zazen and went to the corner. There was a diner at the corner and would have breakfast together there, not with everyone else. We went to the corner and we would have scrambled eggs, Danish coffee, all kind of goodies, sit together in this big booth in the corner and talk, chat, 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 chat about our practice, about our life, about everything, about how we could become enlightened, so to speak. Talk, 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 fantasize, fantasize, how wonderful one day if we could become like those incredible monks from Japan. So we would share books we were reading, talk about it, blah, 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 on and on. And it was very inspiring. I'm not going to say it wasn't. It was very supportive. I learned so much during those talks. But those talks were a prelude to practice. Yes, it's great to be uplifted, inspired, excited. However, however, the true practice of Zazen is was just staying there with everyone, having breakfast, a simple but delicious breakfast. The most important part almost of that morning was giving back, cleaning, grab the dust rag, pick it up, take it and clean the zendo. That cleaning is zazen too. Zazen in action. We clean with a full mind, careful attention and a loving heart. And that exactly is in practice, both on and off the cushion. We take care of ourselves on the cushion, our breath, our body, our mind. And of course, others benefit from that too. But we get off the cushion. We eat simply and, and, and carefully. And then we go down and give back. We take care of the space. We take care of others. We take care of the room. So one morning, I did not go with the group down to the corner. It hit me. Well, why don't you stay and just help out here? It just hit me. I said, oh, okay, okay. I usually, I stayed from time to time, but that morning, it seemed very clear to me, stay. So I stayed. I had a wonderful breakfast, very different, in silence, simple. And then I went down and I got a dust rag and I start cleaning with everyone else. That was one of the most profound mornings I can remember. 
everyone cleaning in silence together. I, I felt the oneness of us all together, one body cleaning together, including the Zendo, everything. The, the great beauty of it as it got cleaner and cleaner, shining. How grateful I was to have the opportunity to clean like that. And there was a back garden Zendo, and behind that there was a Japanese rock garden with there was big glass doors that you could see the rock garden, and there was a guy there, Ian, and he was cleaning the do that those glass doors so carefully, polishing. You could see that they there was not a speck left on those doors, nothing. And then the cleaning period was over. A bell rang out, clappers. The cleaning period was over, and he then you could talk a little bit and put your things away carefully and leave. So I went over for a moment to those glass doors that he'd been cleaning, and he was face was just shining, shining. And I looked out at the rock garden, and I looked at him, shining. Everything was shining. And I said, wow, you did a wonderful job. And he said, oh, he just looked at me. And he said, nothing more important. He said, if only I could learn to clean my home and my life the way I clean the Zendo here, that would be enough. I was so touched by his comment, that would be enough? There's nothing else that you want just to keep everything and so clean and shining? And I thought that's what I thought. I just said to him, that would be enough? And he turned and he looked at me and he said, what more do you want? And again, that, that's, that question really, really touched me and shook me. It was many, many years ago and it's like it was today or yesterday. What more do we want? What are we looking for? It was so beautiful to see the Zendo shining. It was so beautiful to be there giving back, taking care. Yes, it was great to be at the diner in the corner too. It was fun. It was relaxing in a way. It was uplifting. But it was inspiration to go and to grab the dust rag and do what was needed. Not to slip out and have a good time fantasizing about what practice could be. So I, that story seems so relevant to me today. <coughs> and when I think about practice and what it is and how it touches our lives and how we touch it so much, especially now, people want inspiration. They want hope. They don't want to be depressed. They don't want to be afraid. And that's all normal, natural, of course, of course, of course. And... When we practice truly, <clears throat> we will, excuse me, <clears throat> we will have that in our life. So rather than want, 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 just take that dust rag in your life and clean wherever it's needed. And that dust rag may represent a mo just to pause for a moment with someone who needs you and to listen. That cleaning could come in many different ways. It's just another way of taking care of what's right in front of you, giving thanks for it. Big thanks.
big time thanks. Not to take what you can and throw the rest away, which is how we live often inadvertently. We don't want to, but that's how we do live. That's a mindless way of living and it can create a lot of difficulty. So Zen practices, open your eyes, open your heart, stop wanting so much for you, 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 you. Just grab the dust rag, see what's needed, see who needs you. See how you can give back. And then stop a moment and take a look and see where your depression goes. When you're so focused on taking care of the world you live in, how can you be depressed and afraid? You cannot. That's just a side benefit. So anyway, thank you for listening. This book, which I'm reading again now, is available on Amazon. Just grab the dust rag by Brenda Shoshana, which is me. And I think you'll enjoy it. I'm enjoying it after having written it years ago. You know, every little word which we read over the years, even a simple sentence when we read it five years later, it it sounds so different. It resounds much more deeply. That's what this practice is too. Deepening and deepening a very simple moment. Thanks for listening. Uh, The URL to this podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. And um, if you wish to write to me, uh, please contact me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.